Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So we have been doing this amazingly fun thing of watching Jesus. By the way, always a good thing to do. Jesus does things different. But anybody here gotten bored with Jesus? People are like, I'm not allowed to say that in church. No, no, no. Listen, you're like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, we got that. Let's move on to something really big. The God of the universe with skin on. I'm struggling to find something bigger than that. It could be we just gotten used to and we need to show us something new. And last week we talked about this whole thing. The last couple times we talked about this whole thing of having questions for God and wrestling with him in those. And it hurts, doesn't it? <clears throat> it's hard. Because what is the problem with having questions? You want answers? It could be painful. I grew up in a family where you only had answers. Anybody been in one of those? Where like, anybody's like, I wonder, don't wonder. We've got the answers, right? Anybody? No? Blink twice. Man, I, I think I've traumatized everybody. It's, it's, oh, church? Yeah, church family, right? Having questions means there's something wrong with you. You don't have it figured out yet? Well, let me tell you how, right? So one of the great things is we are now in the season of pain. It's otherwise called the holiday season, for those of you following along. The season of pain. Why is this a season of pain? Because we're around family. Okay, okay. So that's, you're on it. You're on it. This, uh, we're going to get, okay, by the way, this is a truly no nudging message. So please do not nudge your neighbors considering you may be related to them. All right, here's the deal. Why is being around family painful? Nobody's allowed. <laughs> you speak theoretically, if you will. Other people's families, yes. As if it, my family, never, never. But truth may, be spoken. truth may be spoken. What do you mean by truth may be spoken? <laughs> oh, we can't say what it is. Okay. Different. What? You think, different. you think different, right? So, and and we all know different is wrong. Well, no, different means they're wrong. Okay, moving on. All right, different. What else? Unresolved. Unresolved. Yeah, you thought, anybody, like, one of the ways that we like to, um, to resolve conflict is to put miles between us, right? Yeah, we don't have a problem. I just don't see him anymore. All right, what else? What else? This is way too much fun. Triggers. Like, what do you mean by triggers? Okay, why? I'm pushing. What does it make, what makes a trigger? Offense. Okay. Difference. Memories. 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 All right. Uh, I would say probably bad ones, right? Oh, past trauma. Let's go for that. Past trauma. Trauma. Okay. Disagreement. Disagreement. You mean where they're wrong, right? Got it. What else? Give me one more for the fun of it. Same story. Same uh, oh, oh, well, let me, let, me, let me take that one step further. 
you're not allowed to change. Anybody been that? You're like, oh, look, it's Buddy. He's going to spill his milk. I was five. I'm 75 now. Okay? Some things have changed, right? Uh, yeah, no change. Um, let, me, let me say another one. I want to go for another one. How about bad change? Um, or maybe, maybe I will say this, the measuring stick. Anybody here did this or had this done to you? We're going to the relatives. Be a good behavior. No? Nobody? You will not make me look bad in front of them. I'm looking bad all by myself. Anybody done that? You the comparison game? You know, like like people only you know they're like she skipped Thanksgiving three on uh, three times in a row until she got on that diet. And now she's super thin, and now she, oh wow that got awkward. Um, no, like or like you compare. My, our kids are perfectly well behaved. Yeah, because they're they've had lobotomies, <laughs> right? You know, like our kids are normal. That's why they break things. Right? Whatever it is, there's this comparison game, and it's painful, right? Okay, so let me ask you a question about this. What are some bad ways that other people might try to resolve these issues? I mean, just theoretically. Like, okay, so how would I deal if I've changed badly? Like, I got out of shape, I put on weight... Uh, I lost my job, whatever it is. What would I do? Lie. Lie. I love it. You guys are like, way to think outside the box. Awesome. Okay, how about this? What if, the, uh, well, I think no changes. Oh, oh, when people keep wanting to say you haven't changed, what do you want to do? Slap prove them, right? Prove them. Yeah, slap them. Well, we'll do slap. Let, prove with a slap. Yeah. All right. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I do not have a problem with anger. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, what if we have had a horrible disagreement? How do we like to resolve that? Avoidance. Avoidance. Okay, that was half the room. What about the other half? Attack. You build the case. You come with the dossier. And it's much bigger than that one. You had of medical records, right? And don't invite them. And don't inv- Oh, yes. Uninvite. Okay, uninvite. Um, and uh, let's say attack. Okay, what about past trauma? People trigger you. No show. Yeah. Run! Um, okay, what if, what if they're still there? What do you do? Defensive. Defensive. Strike first, right? Strike fat first, strike hard, strike hard, right? Sweep the leg. Yeah, strike. Yeah, we, we'll take some avoidance too. Strike. What? Pretend. La, la, la. Anybody done that? You just go to your happy path? Okay. All right, pretend. Okay, what about a fence? Like when you're, they just, there's just all this offense. You've done a lot of research to prove yourself. Ooh, yeah, yeah, research, come on. Yeah, anybody, anybody like before you were going to the family, like it was almost like you had that pre-trial conversation with the prosecution? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, okay, we're going to be facing these issues, these conversations, a few of us. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoping they don't show. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, again, it's fight or flight, right? One, one is, you know, uh, uh, the best uh, defense is a good offense, and the other is run! Um, uh, unresolved conflict, probably, you know, 
Oh, oh, we haven't done one. Unresolved conflict in family. Okay? Two people are fighting, but there's a larger family. What do you do? Build a team. Build a team. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Allies, right? Come on, come on. What are we for? Not against, we're against them. We're not for anything, but we're against them, right? Okay, I love it. Allies. Oh, isn't that great? I love it. A little bit of division never hurt anybody always, ever, all the time. Okay, and then what about different? What? Huh? Religion. Yeah. So I'm going to dominate, control you, and make you just like me, or make you feel like a horrible human being otherwise. Politics. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love this. You guys were at Thanksgiving. That's so good. Awesome. Okay. Okay, the funny thing is, although we're all very good at these, I think we could all recognize that these don't end well. Can we agree on that? Maybe based on the last 96 hours. Okay, so these are the bad ones. Okay, now. Yes, Lord. Okay, so here's my, here's my question. Now, these are bad ones, but the worst is when you are struggling in one of these areas and then somebody gives you the right answer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, you gained weight? I've got a diet for you. Anybody been there? Oh, yeah, solutions, right? So these are, quote-unquote, good solutions. So what's a good solution to a bad, uh, well, like I said, I, I would say maybe they'll tell you diet and exercise, um, uh, the fact that you've never changed, you just need to make a decision, just like I did. One day, make a decision. Uh, disagreement, uh, you either live and let live, right? Um, uh, maybe, maybe ignore, that's what my parents told me to do with my brother. Uh, uh, agree to disagree, yeah, yeah, which means you're wrong, I'm right, but that's okay. It's okay for you to be wrong. Live and let die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Live and let die. That's another one. I like that. Okay. Live and let die. All right. Good. Let die. Um, what's a, um, a good way for, for deal with past traumas? Okay. You know what? You do you. I'm going to go to therapy. Nothing wrong with therapy. Just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. What about um, dealing with offense? I've realized I can't manage what is offensive about you. So I'm going to deal with my heart. I'm going to fix me. Uh, unresolved conflict. How are we going to deal with that? Send them home. Send them home. No, it's intervention time. Some of you are already twitching. Intervention. Do you notice, okay, and then difference. That probably is ignore, agree, disagree, or convert them. Let's go for convert. Bring them to the light. Okay, so these are solutions. Now, I have a question to you. Anybody tried any of these? And they didn't work. They were a lot of work. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. The conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Get them in a, in a headlock. And I like that. Okay. What I would submit is every single religion. Stay with me for a minute. Including Christian religion. Is attempts to be something in this realm of solutions. Give you answers to your problems. 
But their answers that are extremely expensive, take a lot of effort, and give very limited returns. Anybody found this to be true? All right. Okay. So what in the world is going on? If you guys got Matthew chapter 4, now that I've depressed everyone to death, everybody's like, I just, I to all right. Um, open to chapter 4, verse 23, towards the end of the chapter. What we're going to do is we're going to look at something. If I can stop burping. All right, verse 23, Jesus, this is after he's called his first disciple, he's been doing amazing things, says Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing a few of the diseases and sicknesses. All? Oh, all. You mean he never found a disease that he was like, "Uh uh-oh, God gave that to teach you something. Hmm. Interesting. Moving on. All right. Uh, Healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread over all of Syria. That's like the whole part of that world beyond the Jews. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, like MS, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, again. And he healed them, all of them. Large crowds from all over. Okay. It said that he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Healing the disease, every disease and sickness is already pretty good news, right? Okay. But he's going to be declaring the good news. What good news could it be? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's keep reading. Because the next uh, three chapters are a condensation are the condensed version of Jesus' teaching that he preached throughout these three years of his ministry. So it says, verse five, 1 of chapter 5, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, and so they all came for healing, he's like, aha, now I'm going to get them with the good news. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. <clears throat> oh, I'm waiting. Are you just excited about what the good news could be? I mean, what could be better than getting healed? Some of you guys have read ahead. He said, blessed are the people who got healed. No. Are the poor in spirit. Actually, it just says poor. They added in spirit because they didn't like that. He said, blessed are the people who ain't got jack. But, huh? Okay. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you have nothing, you get everything. Okay. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed, and by the way, blessed doesn't mean blessed. Do you know what it means? Happy. I, we make it gussy it up. Blessed are the poor in spirit. No, it's happy are the poor people. Blessed are the, happy are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who mourn. Huh? Maybe you're mourning right now. You're like, I don't get it. But happy are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Anybody here, you were the meek at your Thanksgiving dinner and you had your lunch money taken, right? Blessed, happy are those who hunger and thirst, or desire, I want to be okay for righteousness, being okay, being right, because they will be filled. Happy are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, the ones who've only got one thing on their screen for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers. Anybody been in the middle of a fight? 
for they will be called children of God. And blessed and happy are those who are persecuted, attacked, brutalized because of being right with God. And for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are you, happy are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For, huh? What about now? Come on. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. Has anybody been waiting for the good news? If your religiosity is not letting you see how bad this is, read it again. I'm really serious. Because religion dulls us to be able to hear how offensive this is. Like, Jesus is like, Jesus has been advertising the kingdom. In my kingdom, everyone's healed. And they're like, yay! Who wouldn't want that, right? Remember when he fed the 5,000? They're like, be our king! Be our king! Full basic income and universal health care for everybody! Yay! Right? And what is it? And he, no! And he says, okay, you guys want to know how my kingdom works? Guess what? See... He is wrestling with us because we don't like to un not understand, do we? So what we do is, anybody heard of this thing called confirmation bias? Your uncle has it. <laughs> what I mean by that is the people who don't disagree with you don't have it. Because anytime you tell them anything, they use it to feed into the existing narrative they have that explains everything. Okay, so God wants to break that off of us because he wants to show us something new. He wants to show us another kingdom. See, every single of the world's religion is a way to deal with problems. Get over, work harder, do something, you know, isolate, do something to save yourself. And Jesus goes, ain't working for you, is it? And in their desperation, they come to Jesus and they are healed. And he says, see how my kingdom works? They're like, yes, how does your kingdom work? And he goes, I'm going to give you a whole new grid. Would you like a new grid? The terrifying thing is sometimes it's easier to get a new grid coming from another religion than it is to, as a Christian to get our, our grid renewed. Because we very automatically want to, we don't like discomfort, so we keep trying to make sense of it, and we keep trying to make things of our own efforts, make our own efforts work. We talked a couple weeks ago um, about this whole thing that, how did Jesus heal? With a word? With a touch? With spit and mud, speaking, telling people to go wash themselves. Go wash yourself. Right? He never did it the same way twice. Why? Because there, what was the method according to Caleb was our, 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 our gold star student. Caleb said, because the method was Jesus. But who here, you like a method? Why do we like methods? Because they work. We can understand them. Something I can do while I'm uncomfortable. To deal with the discomfort. I can do it. 
But I have a question. Can any of us do healing? So what I loved about those three healings we saw, Gary got healed when I prayed for him while I was still messed up. I'm still messed up, but that's another issue. I prayed for him while my knee was messed up. I prayed for him. He got instantly healed. I'd been praying for my knee for six months. Then after he shared the testimony, y'all prayed for me and my knee got healed. And then the very people who prayed for my knee prayed for John for his MS and nothing happened until three days later and he got healed. I want my method. Nobody? Because a method means I don't have to be vulnerable. A method means I can manipulate and use God for my own needs. But Jesus is trying to tell us something. See, all of these are works of flesh, works of our own efforts. Methods and all that are works of our own effort. They war against dependence upon God. And in fact, this is the essence of the gospel is that Jesus said we could not. Paul says it this way, while we were yet sinners. What does sin mean? It means that we fall short of the mark. While we could not do it, nothing was enough at the right time, Jesus died for us. While we were still his enemies, he did it all. He died for us that we might be set free from the bondage of sin and death. These sandbags that keep driving us down. See, the core of the gospel is this. We could never go, come up here where it, where it is good. Where God is. Kingdom of heaven. How did he say you get the kingdom of heaven? According to the verses we just read. Be poor. Be meek, be poor. Anybody learn what happens to you when you're poor and meek in this life? What, what are the poor and the meek having com, con, in common? Is they don't, aren't able to do it for themselves. Amen. They are unable and incapable. Jesus said it another way. He said how hard it is for a rich man, anybody who's got anything, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they try to take their stuff with them. They lean, we lean upon our own understanding. We lean on our own abilities. We lean upon them. And thereby, we exclude ourselves from utter dependence upon God. But the poor are like, I have nothing. Like the woman with the flow of blood. I've, I've wasted all my money. I have no money left. I can't even go to the doctors. Not all poor. Not all poor. So, but anybody found amongst the poor, there's still a pecking order? <laughs> like, I'm not completely poor. I still have this tablecloth to hold on to. Right? We, and it's amazing. Even when we have nothing, we will hold on to something to cover up our nakedness, cover up our lack cover up our neediness. But guess what? Only when we admit I am utterly unable, then we discover that he has done it all on the cross. The kingdom of heaven, the place of good. And then, guess what? Jesus says this horrible thing. If you guys read on in, uh, in, in Matthew 5, he describes what it looks like once you live inside that kingdom. It should be good news, don't you think? Let's find out. 
He said, do not. Oh, let's, uh, oh, let's go for verse 13. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? What? What is he saying? He's like, anybody here, you know who you're supposed to be, but you're utterly unable to be that person. Yeah, that. Then, well, let's go down to verse 17. He said, do not think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. You're like, please, anybody here that you found the way to win in life is lower the standards? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the super goody two-shoes Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Two seconds ago, he said it's the poor. I don't know about you, but I found that at the bottom, morals go out the window. Anybody found that to be true? You're like, hey, man's got to do what he's got to do, right? But what is he saying? He said, unless you're righteousness, this is not good news, Jesus. He's like, but I just healed you, so I showed you it's a totally different kingdom. Okay, all right, I'm willing to listen. Well, hopefully it will get better. He said, oh, yeah, 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 it gets totally better. So you guys know you're pretty glad. Anybody here played um, the game of comparison at the dinner table over, over Thanksgiving? Well, at least I'm not like them. Isn't that funny? You guys are really nice. Anyway, I, you know, he's like, at least I didn't murder. He said, oh, no, no, no. If you, if you had dark thoughts towards somebody, you murdered him. Okay, this is not getting better. He said, it's okay. He's like, oh, and you guys who think you're all goody two-shoes because you've never committed adultery. Dude, if you ever looked at wrong at a woman or ever, uh, you know, wanted an, a guy, yeah, yeah, you sin too. You guys are guilty of adultery. And he just keeps going on and on. Like, what is wrong with you, Jesus? How can this be good news? He said, the, the bad news is you think somehow you can by some means do this. You know why there are midlife crises? Because people get about halfway through their life and they realize they've been, they've been backing the wrong horse. No matter what they do, they can't get what was promised. Anybody here? You, you, uh, maybe it was, if I go to, if I finish high school, or I go to the right college, or I get the right degree, or I marry the right person, or I get the right kids. Didn't get the right kids. Get some more kids. They're still not the right kids. And, and then I get the right job. Or if I go on the right vacation, let's just back it up. <laughs> right? And then you start lowering the goal, and then finally you say, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. If I can just fix my wife, if I can just fix my kids, if I can just fix my husband or my boss or my cat, somebody, I'll be okay. And it's never enough. It's never enough. And what Jesus is saying is, get out of the rat race early, boys and girls. Get out early. Because he said the standard, if you're trying to achieve the standard, let me show you what the real standard is. Purity from the inside out. Absolutely. He said, but here's the beautiful thing of what he's doing. Do you know what he's doing? He's saying this. He's saying, I am, I am both showing you what you're, the game you're trying to play and that you're going to lose. And he said, I'm also showing you what is the effortless result of living with me on the inside. 
He said, I want to show you what it means to have, he said, rivers of living water flowing out of you. Life flowing out of you. If you allow me to be your life, he said, you're seated with me in heavenly places. Colossians says, above every power and authority. And there's no argument. There's no decision. Listen, you, he said, you're sitting in the catbird seat. You are in a good place. You are great. If you are in me, you have all things. It, through him, we have, by knowing him, we have everything we need for life and godliness. He said, we can live from this place or we can live from this place. How do I know I'm living from this place? I try harder and I get less. The fruit of the curse, I'm ticked off. I'm, you're, I'm, you're my enemy. I'm ashamed. I'm offended. I'm ticked off. I'm, I'm trying to cover up my nakedness. I'm trying to cover up my lack. I'm constantly trying to, to win at something. Or I'm seated with him in heavenly places and in him I live and move and have my being. He provides for all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, but that's crazy talk. Is it? Is it? Is it? If this is not working... Could it be that Jesus died not to make us nicer, cleaner, better, fix up a few problems? But what if he came to give us an entirely different life? I, was, uh, I called up a buddy, uh, and uh, anybody here, you talk to somebody and you can tell they're not good? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, like normally they're like, hey, and then they're like, hey, Right? And I realized he had forgotten this. Anybody woken up on the wrong side of the bed and you, and you don't even know the problem you're trying to solve? And he'd been trying to solve a problem. And I said, hey, bro, I've got great news. You can't solve it. You can't fix you. You can't fix your addiction. You can't fix your spouse. You can't fix your life. You can't fix anything. Everything you can hope for is just putting duct tape over a gaping wound. Is that good news? He said, but there's one way. Is your life is in Christ. And in him, you live and move and have your being. He said, because if you're poor, you can receive my kingdom. You won't hold on to your own. If you're mourning, but let me tell you, there's a lot to mourn in this life. You can receive what he already always intended for you. If you're not fighting for your own, you can receive his gifts. And you're not depending on them for your, mean, your identity and your destiny. If you admit that in yourself you're not okay, you're hungry and thirsting to be as he made you to be, he can make us right with God and through that right in our lives. He can empower the changes that, salu- that religion demands. It demands right behavior. It demands you be whole. It demands that you be okay. It demands that you fight, uh, work through uh, relationships. It demands God empowers you to do the things that religion demands. How can you tell you're working for religion is you work really hard at these and you don't get better? you get worse. Or you rob Peter to pay Paul. Anybody know that? Anybody did that? You went on a, you went on a, or you like, oh, I'll just give you an example. Anybody give up cigarettes and started to kill people? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
but I'm not smoking cigarettes anymore, so that's good, right? You know, like, you're like, good thing I dealt with the real problem, right? What if instead I'm in him, and he leads me and guides me and empowers me to do the things I cannot do myself? See, the entirety of the Gospels of Jesus doing two things simultaneously. One, declaring you think you can win at this system, and you can't, and showing you But in me, you have already won. In me, you have everything you need to live the life I designed you to live. One of the great things about this season of pain is, guess what pain does? Anybody know what pain does? Something good? It points to a problem. I've never had pain when there wasn't a problem. Now, the problem might be you, but that's another issue. Right? No, but do you know what I'm talking about? Pain reveals a problem. What if this season, every area of your pain could be met in Jesus? What if your pain is not somebody else? What if your pain is not out there? What if your pain is right here and he is here to meet you? I just, you know, keep thinking of... um that any change in our mindset, any, any kind of a new way of thinking is painful. You know, it's not something that we like. Um, it's usually traumatic when we have to switch um, a whole way of thinking. That's why, you know, people who maybe didn't have everything kind of figured out and in categories like those Fisher guys who were pretty young and had nothing happening for them, Um, could step in and follow Jesus pretty easily. Um, I think, me personally, I can relate much more to the Pharisees, right? I can relate to them. They were very smart. They have spent years and years um, in in the specific system, right? They have given up so much to build the grid of understanding. They were learned in the Old Testament, right? They really knew it backwards and forwards, and they devoted their life to, to keeping the law, to being as good as they knew how to be. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I've been a Christian since I was 15, so for quite a few years now. And I can relate to them. For me to say that somehow... Something is off in the grid that I built or that there could be more is very threatening to me. Can anyone else relate to that? Like you have spent a lot of time reading books and figuring things out and like just working on stuff. (laughs) And if Jesus came to me right now and started saying the stuff that he was saying to them, I think I would be the one like very hungry but very confused. Don't you think? Like, so much of that stuff was just so confusing to them. Like, here they were following this, this grid of the law, and here shows up Jesus and violates so many of the things that they were trying to do, right? Like, what were the things that he violated? The Sabbath. Fasting. Fasting. Touching people being with people, eating stuff you were not supposed to eat, drinking stuff he was not supposed to drink. 
I think I would be like, wow, this preacher is really good, but I'm very confused about his behavior. Right? Like, do you think you would be there? Like, I think I would be very, like, in this very uncertain place with Jesus. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's, like, like get into that mindset. Here they have been waiting for the Messiah for so many years and imagining how he would be and what the benefits of following him would be, what the benefits of being in his kingdom would be. And here he comes and preaches stuff like that. I would be like weeping. Don't you think? Like this disconnect of him healing on one side and then going and saying this, I mean, honestly, horrible stuff. Right? If you were expecting something completely different, this would sound like awful. I don't know. But like try to look at it through different, through fresh eyes. Him saying like, wow, you've been rich and you've been accruing your points and like you are this whatever, this amazing wealthy person. And he's saying, that's not good. Scratch that. What? What? Like all of my, like everything I have ever tried and ever worked for. And I'm like, you know, like Nicodemus was probably in his 60s. He's devoted his whole life. And here comes this young guy with this crazy ideas. Yes, he's anointed, but oh, I don't know. Right? Like so different. So painful. Right? I mean, just step in. I can relate to them so well. I mean, in all honesty, I don't know if I would be following Jesus. I really don't. I think he would be like way out of my grid. You know what the problem is? Is that we all try to make a deal of how much of my Chuck E. Cheese coins, Mm -hmm. my tokens from the old system I can bring into the new. All how much of my goodness can I bring in? Where maybe we're dealing with a really difficult problem with a, a child, a boss, a, or a lack of a spouse, or or a, or a job, or, or finance, or whatever, and we start bargaining with God. How I'll just do a little bit. How much do I have to give you? How much? And He says, all, 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 all. You know that's why He went. He said, "You got, you see those Pharisees? You got to be better than them." They're like Pharisees, or at least we're ahead of them. <laughs> and then He turns around in Matthew twenty-three. He said, "You see those guys?" He says, actually, I'm, I'm talking to you guys. You guys are whitewashed tombs. Because what do we do? Who what do we do? Be, who would be like so, like, like what? So a whitewashed tomb is this. <laughs> he said, because you've given up on the inside, you just try to keep the outside up. Anybody been around a house that was held up with paint? right? No, literally where, where we, we, start, we start going, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, I'm at least going to do this, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the part that everybody else sees, right? I'm going to do that. And that's the part what hurts coming home to family. It's real hard to hide from family, ain't it? Right? I've got to come and deal with the pain. And it's like, and Jesus is saying, he's saying these to the Pharisees with love. You're dead, Don't you realize that you keep lowering the standards down to what's achievable, but it's dead. Do you want the life? That's why what happened with John, what happened with me, what happened with Gary is so important because it reveals a fundamentally different kingdom. I didn't do anything for Gary to get healed. Now, y'all didn't do anything that got me healed. No, we did nothing that John healed. God did it all. 
If we want a life of our own ability, there's a thousand varieties. But if we want one of his, there's only one. It is, it is I can't, God. I lay it all on the altar. I lay everything down. I can't deal with the pain inside. I can't deal with the disappointment. I can't deal with my grief. I can't deal with this relationship. I can't deal with my addiction. I can't deal with it. I lay it all down. Instead of compartmentally in my life and just dealing with the addiction or just dealing with the child or just dealing with this, I lay it all down. I'm going to quit trying to gather my Chuck E. Cheese coins together and transfer them to the new system. I can't do it. I want to live from this place where you are everything I need. I'll give you an example. Last week, many of you were very complimentary of the message. I'll be honest. Jesus said, he told me where he wanted to go. He said, I want to deal with intimacy and wrestling with me. And I want to, uh, I want to use this passage. And I said, I don't see how you can get there. Good luck with that, Lord. He said, no, we're doing that. I kept checking back with him. We're doing it. When I got up here, I didn't have the message. All I had was Jesus. What if all you have is Jesus? What if your wisdom is not enough? What if your spirituality is not enough? What if your purity, your morality is not enough? What if all of it is useless? Paul put it this way. It's as used dirty rags, menstrual rags, he said. But what if, what if the only thing that matters is Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ living through you? That's what produces supernatural fruit. And there's really only two ways to live. One is trying to climb up to heaven and the other is living from heaven to earth by his power. But I have good news. We can't do it. What do we have to do? We have to Jesus die. Jesus said, I am the stumbling block. You have to stumble over him. There's no other way. He is alone. He brings us low and say, God, I can't. If you're in the place where you can't, I've got good news. He can't. But I will tell you this. You can't be like the rich young ruler holding something out. It's all or nothing. That's why he said, tells Nicodemus, right? Unless you have you to be, be born again. You have to literally leave this life entirely. Unless you have a new, right? Yeah. Am I right? New grid, new way. Oh, yeah, with new way of thinking. I can't even show you the kingdom. Can't even, you can't even perceive it. It's so insane. So different. I've given this example before. It would be as going to a Stone Age tribe with a flashlight. How can you make power? Power only comes from fire. And fire makes light. But with fire comes destruction. Yours has no heat and has... How is that? Because we live from another source, another kingdom. I just want to take a moment, close your eyes. This is something only he can do because it's a bridge. Imagine a canyon between where we are, the world that we're trying to get better and better, and the kingdom he promises. And there's a huge gulf in between. And Jesus is standing on the other side with his arms outstretched. But you know what? Unless you jump, you'll never find out if he'll catch you. Father, 
You're the only one who can even make this good news good news. You're the only one who can even give us the faith and the hope to dare to believe that all of our efforts to clean ourselves up, deal with our problems, deal with our interior pain, deal with our relationships, deal with our, our, our jobs, our businesses, our children, whatever, that none of it will ever work. Only you can show us that there's a way, there's a hope, and only in our hopelessness can we see that you are offering us another way your life in us. If you're at that place where you want that, the great news is then you're aware that you can't. <laughs> you can't. We can't even say yes apart from his yes in us. So our prayer is that of the man who says, I believe, help my unbelief. God, I don't even know the way in. But Lord, I surrender. I lay down all of my ability, all my efforts, all my techniques, all of my skills, all the ways I've covered myself up, hidden my shame, hit, tried to make myself look better, covered things in paint. I lay it down and I say, Lord, I am naked. I am blind. I am broke. But I need you. I need you. Please show yourself to me. Be my life. Be my life today. Be my everything. It's all or nothing. Father, we, we just come before you today. We lay down our sicknesses, our brokenness, our dysfunctions, our relationships. We lay it all down. And we ask you, be our all today. Be our life. In you we live and move and have our being. If we could have the worship team come up. This is the offense of the kingdom is only those who have nothing can receive it. And the terrifying thing is, as soon as we follow him, we start to have stuff. <laughs> and we can step right out of the gospel again into works, trying to maintain what he gave for free. Some of us, that's our testimony. He saved us out of something, but we're back in this place where we're working to keep the things he gave us. He never gave us things so we could work to keep them. He gave them so he could empower us to live in them and not from them. And so if you're finding that place, coming back to this, maybe you said yes to the gospel years ago, you get to say yes today and discover him to be more than enough. If you're done reigning, <laughs> but you want to his, you want his kingdom, it's all or nothing. Where's the place of your pain? Where's the place of the lack? Where's the place of not enough? That's the place you will find him to be your king. You will find him to be enough. Come before him, lay it all down, and find that he is king. That's what I talked about is it starts out literally every day. We have nothing. He has everything. We start with nothing, but in him we have all things. If you want that for yourself, just pray with me right now. Father, I can't. And I quit. I lay it all down. I let the mask fall. I let my efforts fall. I let what other people think of me fall. 
I let all the things I've trusted in fall. And I stand before you naked, God. Will you have me? And he says, yes, my child. Come quickly. Wrap him in the robe of my righteousness. Wrap her in my love. Put the ring on the finger. Give her the feet, the shoes. Let her know that she is mine. Let him know that I've made a feast for them. And Lord, we will enter into your righteousness together, dependent upon you. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 